Chapter 22 of Dogs and All About Them. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Dogs and All About Them by Robert Layton. Chapter 22 The Pointer. It has never been made quite clear in history why the Spaniards had a dog that was very remarkable for pointing all kinds of game. They have always been a pleasure-loving people, certainly, but more inclined to bullfighting than fieldcraft, and yet as early as 1600 they must have had a better dog for game-finding than could have been found in any other part of the world. Singularly enough, too, the most esteemed breeds in many countries can be traced from the same source, such as the Russian pointer, the German pointer, the French double-nosed griffin, and, far more important still, the English pointer. A view has been taken that the Spanish double-nosed pointer was introduced into England about two hundred years ago when firearms were beginning to be popular for fowling purposes. Setters and spaniels had been used to find and drive birds into nets, but as the Spanish pointer became known it was apparently considered that he alone had the capacity to find game for the gun. This must have been towards the end of the 17th century, and for the next fifty years at least something very slow was wanted to meet the necessities of the old-fashioned flintlock gun, which occupied many minutes in loading and getting into position. Improvements came by degrees until they set in very rapidly, but probably by 1750, when hunting had progressed a good deal, and pace was increased in all pastimes, the old-fashioned pointer was voted a nuisance through his extreme caution and tortoise-like movements. There is evidence, through portraits, that pointers had been altogether changed by the year 1800, but it is possible that the breed then had been continued by selection rather than by crossing for a couple of decades, as it is quite certain that by 1815 sportsmen were still dissatisfied with the want of pace in the pointer, and many sportsmen are known to have crossed their pointers with foxhounds at about that time. By 1835 the old Spanish pointer had been left behind, and the English dog was a perfect model for pace, stamina, resolution, and nerve. The breed was exactly adapted to the requirements of that day, which was not quite as fast as the present. Men shot with good Joe Mantons, did their own loading, and walked to their dogs, working them left and right by hand and whistle. The dogs beat their ground methodically, their heads at the right level for body scent, and when they came on game, down they were. The dog that had got it, pointing, and the other barking or awaiting developments. There was nothing more beautiful than the work of a well-bred and well-broken brace of pointers, or more perfect than the way a man got his shots from them. There was nothing slow about them, but on the contrary they went a great pace, seemed to shoot into the very currents of air for scent, and yet there was no impatience about them such as might have been expected from the Foxtown Cross. The truth of it was that the capacity to concentrate the whole attention on the object found was so intense as to have lessened every other propensity. The rush of the Foxhound had been absorbed by the additional force of the pointer character. There has been nothing at all like it in canine culture, and it came out so wonderfully after men had been shooting in the above manner for about forty years. It was nearing the end of this period that field trials began to occupy the attention of breeders and sportsmen, 
and although setters had been getting into equal repute for the beauty of their work, there was something more brilliant about the pointers at first. Brockton's Bounce was a magnificent dog, a winner on the show bench, and of the first field trial in England. Newton's Ranger was another of the early performers, and he was very staunch and brilliant, but it was in the next five years that the most extraordinary pointer merit was seen, as quite incomparable was Sir Richard Garth's Drake, who was just five generations from the Spanish pointer. Drake was rather a tall, gaunt dog, but with immense depth of girth, long shoulders, long haunches, and a benevolent, quiet countenance. There was nothing very attractive about him when walking about at Stafford prior to his trial, but the moment he was down he seemed to paralyze his opponent as he went half as fast again. It was calculated that he went fifty miles an hour, and at this tremendous pace he would stop as if petrified, and the momentum would cover him with earth and dust. He did not seem capable of making a mistake, and his birds were always at about the same distance from him to show thereby his extraordinary nose and confidence. Nothing in his day could beat him in a field. He got some good stock, but they were not generally show form, the bitches by him being mostly light and small, and his sons a bit high on the leg. None of them had his pace, but some were capital performers such as Sir Thomas Leonard's Mallard, Mr. George Pilkington's Tory, Mr. Lloyd Price's Luck of Edenhall, winner of the Field Trial Derby, 1878, Lord Downs' Mars and Bounce, and Mr. Barclay Field's Riot. When Sir Richard Garth went to India and sold his kennel of pointers at Tattersall's, Mr. Lloyd Price gave a hundred and fifty guineas for Drake. The mid-century owners and breeders had probably all the advantages of what a past generation had done, as they were certainly many wonderful pointers in the fifties, sixties, and seventies, as old men living today will freely allow. They were produced very regularly, too, in a marvelous type of perfection. Mr. William Arkwright of Sutton Scarsdale, Derbyshire, has probably the best kennel in England at the present time. He discovered and revived an old breed of the north of England that was black and bred for a great many years by Mr. Pape of Carlisle and his father before him. With these, Mr. Arkwright has bred to the best working strains, with the result that he has had many good field trial winners. For a good many years now, Elias Bishop of Newton Abbott has kept up the old breeds of Devon Pointers, the Champion Bangs, the Mikes, and the Brackenburg Romps, and his have been amongst the best at the shows and the field trials during the past few years. There are, of course, exceptions to the rule that many of the modern pointers do not carry about them the air of their true business, but it would appear that fewer people keep them now than was the case a quarter of a century ago, owing to the advance of quick shooting, otherwise driving, and the consequent falling away of the old-fashioned methods both for the stubble and the moor. However, there are still many who enjoy the work of dogs, and it would be a sin indeed in the calendar of British sports if the fine old breed of pointer were allowed even to deteriorate. The apparent danger is that the personal or individual element is dying out. In the 70s, the name of Drake, Bang, or Garnet were like household words. People talked of the great pointers. They were spoken of in club chat or gossip, written about and the prospects of the moors were much associated with the up-to-date characters of the pointers and setters. 
There is very little of this sort of talk nowadays. Guns are more critically spoken of. There is, however, a wide enough world to supply it with first-class pointers. In England's numerous colonies, it may be much more fitting to shoot over dogs. It has been tried in South Africa with marvellous results. Descendants of Bang have delighted the lone colonist on Cape Partridge and quails, and pointers suit the climate, whereas setters do not. The pointer is a noble breed to take up, as those still in middle life have seen its extraordinary merit whenever bred in the right way. As to the essential points of the breed, they may be set down as follows. Head Should be wide from ear to ear, long and slanting from the top of the skull to the setting on the nose. Cheekbones prominent. Ears set low and thin in texture, soft and velvety. Nose broad at the base. Mouth large and jaws level. Neck. The neck should be very strong, but long and slightly arched, meeting shoulders well knit into the back, which should be straight and joining a wide loin. There should be great depth of heart room, very deep brisket, narrow chest rather than otherwise, shoulders long and slanting. Legs and feet. Should be nearly like the foxhounds as possible. There should be really no difference, as they must be straight, the knees big, and the bone should be of goodly size down to the toes, and the feet should be very round and cat-shaped. Hindquarters. A great feature in the pointer is his hindquarters. He cannot well be too long in the haunch or strong in the stiffle, which should be well bent, and the muscles in the second thigh of a good pointer are always remarkable. The hawks may be straighter than even in a foxhound, as, in pulling up sharp on his point, he in a great measure throws his weight on them. The shank bones below the hawk should be short. Color. There have been good ones of all colors. The derby colors were always liver and whites for their pointers and black-breasted reds for their game cocks. The seftons were liver and whites also, and so were the edges of strelly, but mostly heavily ticked. Brockton's bounce was so, and, and so were Champion Bang, Mike, and Young Bang. Drake was more of the derby color, dark liver and white. Mr. Whitehouse's were mostly lemon and whites after Hamlet of that color, and notable ones of the same hue were Squire, Bang, and Mr. Whitehouse's Pax and Priam, all winners of field trials. There have been several very good black and whites. Mr. Francis's, afterwards Mr. Salter's, Chang, was a field trial winner of this color. A still better one was Mr. S. Beckett's Rector, a somewhat mean little dog to look at, but quite extraordinary in his work, as he won the Pointer Puppy Stake at Shrewsbury and the All-Aged Stake three years in succession. Mr. Salter's romp family were quite remarkable in color, a white ground heavily shot with black in patches and in ticks. There have never been any better pointers than these. There have been, and are, good black pointers also. Height and Size a big pointer dog stands from twenty-four and a half inches to twenty-five inches at the shoulder. Old Champion Bang and Young Bang were of the former height, and the great bitch Mr. Lloyd Price's Bell was twenty-four inches. For big pointers, sixty pounds is about the weight for dogs, and fifty-six pounds bitches. Smaller size, fifty-four pounds dogs, and forty-eight pounds bitches. There have been some very good ones still smaller. End of chapter 22